0: Welcome to episode six of The Simple Politics. I'm your host, Delmi. In today's episode, we're gonna go over the several diverse elected officials uh, that won their campaigns in the most recent election. We're also going to have our citizen to citizen conversation of the week and go over racism within the Latinx community. Some of the behaviors and some of the unfortunate issues that arise due to the uh racial division or colorism of the latinx population stay tuned as you are all aware we have a new president-elect and vice president-elect joe biden and kamala harris did win their election and you guys know from specifically my uh last episode how um happy I was about that. Uh, I'm still happy about it despite all of the commotion that is still going on around this election. Um, One of the things I wanted to touch on in this particular episode was the volume of diverse candidates that were able to win their seats because those are also um, huge accomplishments in uh, our society in order to create a more diverse a community, a more representative community. We'll start with uh, Sarah McBride. She was uh, a Democrat elected uh, to a state Senate position in Delaware, and she's the first openly transgender state senator in US history. That's definitely a big win for the LGBTQ community, and I'm very happy for them. The next one is Cory Bush. She became the first Black congresswoman in Missouri's history. So, unfortunately, we still keep coming across these first this, first that. Like I mentioned with uh, the previous uh, Democrat Sarah McBride being the first transgender and uh, state senator His- U.S. history and now Cory Bush being the first black congresswoman in Missouri's history. You would think that after all this time we wouldn't have so many firsts but we do. And Cory Bush is a nurse, a single mother, an ordained pastor and community activist. So she has definitely brought a lot to the table and I think her people related to her and that is why she was chosen for this position and you know congrats to her for making this happen and for showing and for showing uh missouri and the country um that you know so many things are still possible next we have Mondare jones and richie torres they became the first openly gay black men elected to congress both democrats from new york and they're going to be um as part of the House of Representatives in January. Then we have Marilyn Strickland, who is the first black woman to represent Washington state in Congress and the first Korean American Congresswoman in our history. Madison Cawthorn is um, the next person that I'm bringing up. He became the youngest member of Congress in modern history. He's 25 years old. He's a Republican from North Carolina's 11th congressional district. And in a first for New Mexico, all three elected House delegates are women of color. Democrats Deb Haaland and Teresa Fernandez and Republican Yvette Harrell were all elected to represent New Mexico, making the first time all three House delegates from New Mexico are women of color. And one of the candidates that I feel very excited about is Marie Turner from Oklahoma. She became the country's first non-binary state legislator, Oklahoma's first Muslim legislator, and the first Black person to represent the state's 88th district. Maureen Turner is 27. She's an activist and community organizer. And one of the reasons why I feel very uh, interested in in her um, candidacy and, and her winning is because uh, we haven't had any uh, non-bina- non-binary uh, legislators, at least that I'm aware of. Um, she does also go by the pronouns she and they. And I believe that the fact that in Oklahoma she was actually you know she was actually able to win her her um her election it's it gives me some sort of hope you know just because Oklahoma is seen sort of like a very conservative state and being that I'm in a neighboring state in Texas, I can definitely attest to some of the uh, conservative things I've noticed over time. So this is, uh, I think, a big win. And uh, I'm excited to see what Marie Turner is able to do with this one. And and I'm hoping for a lot of great, amazing, positive things. One of my favorite things to do is to discuss several of the day's events or different topics that are going on in our world um, with my friends. I feel I have a very diverse group of friends who have all different sorts of opinions, whether they're conservative, centrist, or more to the left. Um, I'm grateful for the different feedback that I can get and the different conversations I can have because I feel it helps to um, elevate my mind and provide a more rational way for me to think about things, to not just lean too much to one side or the other. And uh, for this particular citizen-to-citizen Conversation. I wanted to uh, discuss the situation that happened um, with Eva Longoria uh, last week, in which she had uh, made a racial political gaffe, and um, and obviously a lot of things can come up when you say something that can offend a particular a particular group of people. In this case, she offended black women, and so. I thought of the different things that I could discuss with my different groups of friends, including Black women, and how they took things and, and whatnot. And most of the conversations I had were pretty much similar to, to what I was thinking, and and some were different. And so I, I feel like I got a a good understanding of where people stood. But that then led me also to think about, one of the issues that affects my community the latinx community which is the racial disparities and the colorism within our community and how we have to reconcile our treatment of our own afro latino people our own afro latinas so with that in mind i um called one of my friends one of my oldest dear's best friends um to see how she really felt about everything and um this is our conversation let's get started then so this particular this particular episode the way that i like wanted it to to go about obviously we 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 concluded the election even though i feel like biden's been declared a victor i don't know 25 times already because every day (laughs) is like oh breaking news Wait, wait a minute I, I know I, I got hella this- drunk last weekend. I thought that's when it happened. Okay. Well, let me get drunk again today. <sighs> let's celebrate. Uh, yeah, let's keep celebrating. It's a celebration. That's what I said in, in, in my last episode. So, so with this, uh with this one, I, I was just thinking, like, okay, you know, I wanted to obviously still connect it to the whole politics aspect. That's what the simple politics is. But kind of more on, on a personal level uh, because it, d- different things affect us in different ways. So on Monday, I think it was Monday. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's been a, a blurry week. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe on Monday, Eva Longoria, the actress and activist, gave uh, an interview where she said uh, a, a particular um, thing or, or answer or whatever that. Was perceived a particular kind of way um so I immediately like thought about okay they're gonna try to cancel her and then I'm like I really hate cancel culture because why and then I thought an apology is coming and then I'm like this is gonna continue and so and and the thing is hadn't even heard what she said I'd just been seeing like actually the first thing I saw now that I really remember the first thing I saw was the apology and I was like what is she apologizing for what the fuck what
1: I want to say that I'm on the same boat as you I I want to say that that might have been I could have seen um maybe the clips and I didn't like put two and two together because sometimes because I have a a very very newborn I don't put on the volume on my phone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I could have also been on the same boat and only saw, saw the apology first and then yeah.
0: Yeah. So so because of that, right? Because like what I first saw was um this whole apology, which what the apology was actually posted on uh, I follow Tamika Mallory. I don't know if you know her, she's a, a black activist. Um uh-uh. She's a very very outspoken um woman and and i i I like her and how just very out there she is and she's very much like you know intelligent and about her issues um so she's she's someone that like you know I really wanted to to follow to just kind of see the stuff she was doing so when i'm I got on Instagram, I'm on her page and the first thing I see is like an uh that she has an apology posted from Eva, and I was like, what?" What, what just happened? Um, and, and so then the, the next thing I did was, oh, well, let me, let me go ahead and, and see what exactly did Eva say. So the, the quote, the exact quote is, the women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw in Georgia what black women have done, but Latina women were the real heroines here, beating men in turnout in every state and voting for Biden-Harris at an average rate close to three to one. So that, I think, that one word, the but, is what I really think made the issue because it it it's like it made the comparison between the wrong people because in the apology she mentioned that she was actually trying to do the comparison between Latinas and Latino, like Latino men. And instead it came off as she was doing a comparison between Latinas and Black women. So that's you know, everything blew up. So, you know, I wanted to, to talk to, to people about it. And, and I've talked to a couple of different people and a lot of people just tell me the same stuff. Like, oh, well, you know, like she was just not understood correctly. It was taken out of context and all this and that. Um, but like most of the people like that I work with that are like Latinas, they're light-skinned Latinas. And so I was like, okay, I want to talk to an Afro-Latina because you know, I I know how Black women feel because I'm seeing what Tamika posted. I'm reading the comments. I'm seeing, you know, all these other things. The overall picture seems like some of these Black women were upset. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they have every right to feel how they felt. So I was like, okay, we have Black women in our culture too. So- What what does an Afro Latina take away from you know something like that? So that was pretty much where I thought of like, let me contact my bestie, <laughs> Miss Maori Toro, to see uh to see what you thought. Just because I'm like, damn, like, sh- I don't I don't like cancel culture. I've never liked cancel culture. Yeah, but what I don't know. So from my
1: perspective, right? Like, so t- for me, it was like two prong. Because I, I, when I first heard it, I knew that she wasn't making the distinction between Black women and um, Latina women, Mm -hmm. but her tone was very condescending. It came off as Latinas were superior. Mm -hmm. So I, I understood that she was mentioning that what she was saying was Latina women were the ones that went out and voted versus is our male counterparts right right but like, to your point when she inserted that butt so closely to you know yeah. black women black it's women. like oh yeah yeah you guys did that and it was like okay but we're the ones that really did it that's really how it came across and it's like <laughs> yeah. wait a minute why can't both be celebrated because it, it was very historical you know what I'm right. saying so that's kind of how I took to that and um for me personally like it didn't like when she came across with the apology, I think it was sincere. Right? Right. But I still feel like a lot of lighter skin Latinas do feel superior because of their color. So I don't know that it was like 100. It it was more so well, I got to do the apology because I don't want to be canceled type of thing. But I do (laughs) feel like deep down inside, you know that the lighter skin Um, of our latina women do feel a little bit more highly of themselves than than we do that are darker
0: oh yeah no I, i i totally agree and that's that's the main reason why i was like well i you know ultimately like within our culture it's always been that kind of like unspoken kind of semi-spoken like division of the light-skinned almost white passing Latinas versus the Afro-Latinas and and you know it wasn't even until what like a few years ago where you had women actually saying and identifying as I'm Afro-Latina versus just saying I'm a Latina right Mm -hmm. um and, and that made me think about like all these different things of how, you know, how we grew up, where we grew up um, and just like how that affected our worldview. And I don't think that, at least for me, because obviously like I'm lighter, so I feel like I didn't have an experience of what Afro-Latina maybe experienced as a child, but I just kind of felt like, okay, what did they what kind of experience did they have being that they were you know part of the latino culture but never represented because Mm -hmm. you like i grew up watching novelas and all of the main characters were white passing and the 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 protagonista the main female character main latina was always Really light skin, or you know, at least yes. light brown with the good hair, <laughs> light eyes, light eye, everything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. looking like a model type person, right? And then you have other shows like my parents watched Saba Gigante, where you had the models that were also very much white, passing yes. the fake blonde hair because that bitch was fake, and like <laughs> <laughs> and the light eyes, también being and everything, you know. So, so for me. The way that I took all of that stuff in was I needed to look like that. Like, why didn't I look like that? That was my perspective. How did you see yourself growing up? Or did you see actual representation? Uh, you know,
1: that's funny. Like, I never felt like, oh, I, I need to be lighter or I need to, even though that's all, all I saw right in the TV. Yeah. But growing up, those surrounding, we went to all Black schools. I know. <laughs> we were, you know, so I never felt out of place versus right. right and I'll give the example of my son. We, we, we live in the birds. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the suburbs. So <laughs> my baby is the only chocolate baby in his classroom sometimes. And it's like, Oh my God, Bodacito. like, what am I doing? Like, but I have to go to the suburb schools in order to have the yeah. better education. Right. Which that's yeah. a completely different topic that we oh, won't yeah. get on right now. <laughs> but growing up for me though, I didn't feel that way. I didn't see it that way. Okay. The only thing that of course, um, a lot of us can identify being Afro-Latina is the straight hair. You yeah. know, I've been getting perm or I used to get perms but like there were no tomorrow. Now <laughs> yeah. my, pro- my flow is gro- glorious, you know? But <laughs> back then that's what we needed to identify because that was pelo bueno,
0: right? Yeah. That's
1: the good hair, so good. That, yeah. that's what you had to, yeah, to aspire to. So I think that that's the only representation part that um, that I would see that I that we needed to kind of follow through. Yeah. And then we also had our parent. Mommy would always tell me when I was dating, "Mejora la raza." <laughs> Ma'am, you married a black person. Is, <laughs> my daddy's dark, just like you. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh well, that that's what they had back then. I was like, nah, that uh, that's pretty sure. You're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I don't know. I don't think that's how it works. That's not how but, this works, ma'am, but, but okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so, and that, insane. <laughs> and that's insane. And that's still, but that's still a phrase that it, here in 2020 oh, yeah. will still resonate in some households. Mejora okay. la raza. Yeah. What do you
0: mean by that? Our race is perfectly fine as is. <laughs> Which to translate, mejorar la raza means to better our race better our race which is funny because we don't even have a race like latino is an ethnicity it's not a race mm-hmm. but our people you know would always say that to us because and what that really equated to is get with a light-skinned person that has yes. good hair light eyes because that way your babies will come out looking will come weird. out yes
1: and somehow you'll get further in life yeah. by looking that way or or you know
0: yeah I don't know. It was a very, it was a, <laughs> it was a very tricky thing. I feel like, you know, growing up uh, where we grew up, like, like you mentioned, you know, earlier, we went to a predominantly like black school. So that's, that's what we knew. Like, for me, I had, you know, at home, a very Latino culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but when
0: I wanted to watch TV in my room, I would watch it by the bell boy meets mm-hmm. world
1: mm-hmm.
0: predominantly white you know uh but then in school yeah it was mostly black and brown people and so I identified with black culture as well and
1: okay.
0: but because because like because of that I feel like it helped to shape my understanding of things that's like okay you know I I feel like we were in a melting pot and mm-hmm and it helped, I feel like it helped me to, to not see myself as superior. Like you mentioned earlier, like the light skin Latinas feel superior to darker skin Latinas. And I don't mm-hmm. think I ever felt that because I was always around, you know, like either black people or darker brown skin people. Or darker, like yes. So it was not a, it was not like an issue for me, but once I moved out of Miami, once Uh i like moved to texas right Uh um and our our uh, latinos here are predominantly mexican Uh um i learned from them how they viewed black people and also Uh like afro-latinos and that was that was pretty shocking to me like because i was like wait what why it just it didn't correlate in my head like why are you looking down on a Black person like who are you uh-huh. and, and that was like very early on when I moved back in my adult age and I started a job here and I worked with all Mexicans and or Mexican-Americans and, and other you know kind of Mexicans or whatever and hearing that I just I didn't understand it we didn't have any Black people working with us we didn't mm. have like nobody that was really like maybe one or two a little bit that were darker skinned Latinos but they look more like Indian than like you know gotcha. yeah so so it just it was really baffling to me you know but that's just how I kind of learned throughout the years how they see people here um and 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 that perspective was just like I'm glad I didn't grow up here because I feel like I could have easily been one of those people and had that like warped view um and Eva is actually from Texas so she I believe she's Mexican-American so when I heard the clip and then you know spread the apology it just reminded me as well of that of the fact of like how some Latinas here Mexican-American women here they view darker skinned people, and then I was just mm-hmm. like, I mean, I feel like she was sincere, but maybe, yeah, there could be some superiority aspect to her, whether it's really color based or whether it's like you know, just because she has money. I don't know, like, you know, how people mm. are true, but yeah, so so that was something that I was just kind of like, well, I mean, it, it's it's really it's really difficult to, to just kind of say, let's, let's cancel her. Right. Like she's, she's a racist or something like that. Like, because I, I don't believe her intentions make her some kind of a a racist as far as like what she said or whatever. I think, yeah, it comes off as like condescending in a way and and just, she could have worded it better. Yeah, Um, But yeah, like I think yesterday maybe or the day before I saw a clip um do you know who Joy Reid is she's a, a a news anchor on MSNBC um she is I think she's one of the first if not the first uh Black female primetime anchors on
1: yeah. TV
0: yeah um she's awesome I, I like her too and, and I follow her on Twitter so she posted a clip from an interview she did with Eva and she Over. said as someone who knows her, who's known her mm-hmm. for some time, she knows that Eva is a good person. Eva did not have any kind of, you know, negative intention
1: Malice.
0: Mm-hmm. In, in what she said. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, you know, this is somebody who knows her. Right. So I- I'm gonna go with that because I don't know the girl. So I can't say I can't speak enough. on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I can just say what I thought and like what it came across to me. Um, Correct. But yeah, so, so you know, that just, that just spurred a whole bunch of thoughts in my head about how within our own community, we do have this issue of, of racism and how the Afro-Latinas were seemingly erased for a long time or not really represented because you didn't have too many that were out there. Like, I really, like the one I remember most is like Zoe Zaldana, when she came out and I was like, what? She just man, what? Like yeah. Oh my god. I was so happy when she learned when I learned that she was
1: Dominican I was like you go girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's my people. <laughs> <laughs> oh and then I think I've heard her speak Spanish and I'm like, "Oh my god, and she knows Spanish? What? Like, <laughs> I know." So, so that was something that like, you know, when, when like just growing up, seeing somebody like that, realizing that she was Hispanic, you know, she comes from like our culture. I was just like, wow, like that's, that's amazing. Um, but, you know, I think, I think representation is is something that is very important. And I know, you know, especially within the last few years, diversity has been a big thing in and, and some companies and just obviously like, um, uh in in movies and tv shows and everything Mm -hmm. but we still have like such a long way to go and even right now um like i i follow despierta america Mm
1: -hmm. i don't know
0: why but i do and Mm -hmm. despierta america is a is a morning uh spanish morning talk show uh, mm-hmm. or or variety show kind of like a morning america um and so my parent my mom has been watching that since it first started right so anyway like when they started following it and i remember that they posted something about um i don't know if it was megan uh megan markle or mm-hmm. i don't know exactly who it was anyway it was a black woman um and the comments in there from what i could tell were these light skinned latinas or horrible like the negative stuff that they were saying and how she looked and everything and Megan is not even that dark like she's biracial Oh so, yeah yeah so I'm reading the comments and I'm just like what like why are they why are they saying these things like it just it didn't connect in my head and then and like obviously like later on I was like oh, well, yeah, like we have so many friggin' racist people within our own community, but it's not something that really gets called out or addressed all that much, you know? It's like, it's just kind of been swept under the rug. Like how we would just ignore whenever parents or relatives would say to mejorar la raza, you'd just be like, okay, whatever. Exactly. But we like, we can't pass that on to children, to our children, you know, like that that's not good. And we know that's not good. Because it's also
1: traumatizing in a sense, right? Because it's like, so am I not good enough? (laughs) You know, like what what is wrong with me that I can't just,
0: you know, marry someone that looks like me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so I already said, you know, you're Afro-Latina, but just to confirm, is that how you identify yourself? So it's
1: funny is I don't call myself Afro-Latina. For (laughs) me, I'm just Hispanic. I'm a Hispanic black girl like yeah I identify with both because I I yeah I'm Hispanic I speak Spanish but if if anybody saw me on the streets you think that they'll care that I speak Spanish (laughs) it's like nah this girl got a fro tiene pelo malo she has bad hair right she she's black and it's like yeah but yeah that's that's all they see yeah because people see just color right you know Right. even without within Hispanic to Hispanic, you know, it's just all it is. It's just color at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I identify me uh, myself as. I okay. don't say Afro-Latina, but basically that's what it'll translate to, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
0: a, it's a variation of it. Yeah. It's a variation, I mean, exactly. I, I think, yeah, I think that that's definitely something that was another thing I wanted to touch on because I know that, um, you know, some people don't, identify as afro latina or whatever like i've mentioned to you you know before mm-hmm. um and 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 i can understand how some people just depending on what culture they're most connected to may feel like that's more what i am versus you know the other um but i mean i, I think that like especially within the last few years seeing how that's come up and seeing how that's become more of a of a major topic, um, the main reason why i'm for people, you know, who want to identify as that or identify as however you want is because it's a way to just be like i am enough, right? because like how you were saying, you know, is it it's traumatizing to be told, you know, oh, well, i can mejor a la raza or you got to straighten your hair to go out yeah. because you know, it's not looking right right now. And and uh. like even for me, like i don't have like really curly kinky hair, but like my hair can be frizzy, my hair can be puffy, but my mm. sister, who's more white passing, has yes. always had very straight hair. So mm. she doesn't, she doesn't have to worry all that much. Meanwhile, I gotta worry about what kind of products I put in my hair, how I control the frizz, you know, like God. all these little little things here and there. And so that was something that, you know, I just kind of thought about like it's it's good for people to identify however they want to identify it. But just like be yourself and, and promote right. that because that will help the younger people to feel seen, to feel okay. Because, you know, obviously I feel like we turned out good, but, you know, there could yeah. be other peers of ours who do have some kind of issues of identity, of, of how they just look overall. Um, so the other question I had wanted to, to ask you was have you experienced racism yourself? whether outside of our community and inside the community so outside
1: for sure the the one the one like example that always pops up um my sister and I I was in high school and we were in um South Beach shopping okay we were I don't remember what store it was um, but the, the associate a white guy was followed us and we had clothes on top of clothes. And <laughs> at that time, my sister was balling guys. Like my sister had money. <laughs> so we were there to spend money. Yeah, The associate only followed us all throughout yeah. the store. And yeah. it got to the point that my sister confronted him about it, and he's like, "Well, are you gonna pay? Are you gonna buy those clothes or what?" And we, we just we just dropped everything and left because it's like, "What, what are you, wow.
0: what are you insinuating?"
1: Yeah. And this was high school was two thousand and five, so it's not that it was that long that ago. long ago, yeah. You know, for for that to happen. Yeah. Um. So that's the the one time that I always like go back to, mm-hmm. and we were the only black people in the store. at the time and south beach you know being the touristy being the you know the hot spot you can imagine that it just seemed out of place now not (laughs) maybe not so much right but that's kind of how it felt and then just within my own community like even in my own household my my mom and my sister are always like when are you going to straighten your hair what why is your hair so big why is this and it's like dude like (sighs) so I make it a point to like drill into them that they can't do that to my daughter you know you know I have my newborn she's three months old you're you are enough and that's what I I tell my son my six-year-old as well you know we're always complimenting on his his beautiful skin because I want him (laughs) to embrace it so we we compliment his curls yeah and he is like so pro-black that I just love it You know, sometimes it could be extreme and we, I I, I try to tone it down, but you know, six year olds don't know how to do that yet. They're they're the shit.com. That's it. Dot com. That's it. And you know what? In a world as it is today, you have to toot your own horn because people will bring you down for sure. And, and that's the confidence that I want my children to have, because like, yeah. I've always had a high self-esteem. I've never been peer pressured into doing anything. So I've been lucky and blessed to, to feel that way, Yeah, but everybody's not strong-minded like that. I yeah. don't know, you know, what their capabilities are. So I, I, I want to embrace them and I want to empower them so that they know that at the end of the day, you are enough.
0: Yeah. And so do you think having a young Black son that there's maybe an extra alertness for you in how you raise him, teach him how to act around other people and stuff like that, considering how difficult life is for young Black men in this country or just Black men in this country, period.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Antoine, um, my boyfriend, his dad, he we have these discussions a lot because, and, and it's one of the reasons why I think we feel so comfortable living in South Florida, right? We're a melting pot of cultures. So (laughs) although, you know, you may have your, your, your few racist bunch, we mingle within each other, you Mm -hmm. know, everybody gets along, you know, for the most part. So I feel a little bit more comfortable that, you know, I'm not going to have, um, my son like racially profiled as bad as maybe yeah. if we lived in central Florida where <laughs> the, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're not that that far in between in there. You know, nah. we, we can't, let's just say if my car breaks down in central Florida,
0: I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I remember that.
1: Yeah. So, um, so for sure. But, but back to your point though, we do make it a point to kind of When things happen, um, I still want him to enjoy childhood, right? So I try not to really dive deep into racism, dive deep into color. Like, I don't want him to just see the world in black and white. Right. But I do want to plant seeds here and there so that he knows. So if if something does pop up on the TV and he sees, um, let's say, for instance, um, uh, somebody being pulled over we might drop a tidbit on how, okay, you got to keep your hands on the steering wheel. Yeah. You have to, you can't make any sudden movements. And, you know, we haven't had to do that specifically, you know, but just kind of just dropping, planting those seeds so yeah. that when he does come of age, we can better explain why it is that we have to do those things, Yeah, you know? Or when he, we see, um, when we watching shows and, and um, together as a family, um a white kid might come on on the screen and he'll tell his mom to leave the room or shut up or you know whatever little comment <laughs> right. right uh we make it a point well you know you can't do that in this house like you you can't talk you can't talk Neither. to us in that manner you know exactly. or or so we do do things to kind of just i I don't want to say train but you know like i said just planting the seed because unfortunately yeah. it's just a reality that he has to come to terms with growing up as as a black man
0: yeah that's very true and it's good i mean especially because he's still pretty young and so yeah he's gonna be enjoying his childhood and everything but you just you just never know about how just life in general and it's good to at least like have little things here and there that he can be aware of and correct it um like a few months ago i had i I don't know might have been like after the george floyd thing um after his murder, because that's what that was. um, Mm -hmm. My boyfriend was telling me how his mom taught him and his brother when they were like elementary school age, what they needed to do if they, you know, ever got got pulled over by a cop or, or, you know, were stopped in the street by a cop or whatever. And I think he said they might've been like six, eight years old. And I was just like, isn't that too young? Like, you know, and he, he just basically said like, no, we needed to know and
1: didn't
0: know. I was just like for me I was like just shocked right and mm-hmm. and so but he said you know like especially growing up here in Dallas Texas even mm-hmm. though Dallas I feel was more mm-hmm. in of an advanced urban city you know versus where I was living at before in Fort Worth mm-hmm. he, he said yeah he's experienced you know racism himself here and um and so like he's very much like you know what I'm living my life and I'm gonna keep going about my life. But yeah, I know that if something happens, I have to act a certain way. And, yeah. and that made me think about how, you know, my experiences when I've been pulled over. And I don't I've never had to fear for my life. I've never had to worry, you know, if I need to be recording this or not. And and so realizing, you know, now I'm with this person who does have have that fear um whether it's at the forefront or not, mm-hmm. it made me think about, well, I have to be mindful if I'm in a car with him and we get pulled over, I have to mi- be mindful as well of my own actions. Of oh, your own actions, correct. Yeah. And so that was just like it was it was eye opening because it was not something that I had thought of, you know, before. And then also with the prospect of one day having a child together, like mm-hmm. a biracial child who will be at I'm assuming probably darker than I am. And, and then having to contend with what they're going to have to go through. Um, Especially because I am lighter and like, I feel like people look at, you see a lighter skin mom and a darker skin child from different things I've seen over the years and heard they're looked at differently, you know, as like just in a, in a negative connotation. And so you know, it's just been a a very interesting, um, like, realization to just be like, okay, I have to be mindful of of my own actions, mindful of the things that I do, like, when I wanted to go to one of the protests that was happening after George Floyd here in Dallas, he said he couldn't go, and I understood him, like, he explained, you know, for him, it's like, he's a (laughs) big, tall Black man, he can't be doing certain things, because it'll be perceived a certain way, a different way, and I was like, uh, versus me, a short, little Hispanic girl, you know, who like they could probably just push on over. Like <laughs> <laughs> she ain't a problem, you know. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was definitely like a, a eye opening thing, and just kind of made me. It made me think about Kaden It made me think about like you know how um I know plenty of, of biracial children, like uh, uh, my other friend Karen and and her daughter, and you know like just how it is for our our future generations you know and how it'll be for them growing up and hopefully it's not what it was for us in certain aspects like especially like within our own like Hispanic community um but yeah it's 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 definitely interesting and then most recently um because of like you know just seeing how black women have done so much shown up every time to vote to to be in the elections and all that stuff despite the way that they're treated um despite the way that like people try to diminish them which is what was perceived with what Eva said um uh-huh. I thought about Kyla and just like how you know she's gonna grow up being uh, a Hispanic black girl too and what her experiences you know would be like and in my mind I'm like well you know, she has a, she has a very uh, woke mother <laughs> who's going to, who's going to be able to, to guide her. But, you know, unfortunately, like the, I, I don't want to say it's never going to change because I feel like it will, but I just feel like it's still going to be a while before things change. And I so do agree. how, how do you, you know, how, what do you think like for your daughter, Obviously right now she's a baby but like when she gets older what do you think would be your seeds you would plant for her
1: So for me I think I think the best example is just how I'll, I carry myself Yeah right I think that that will be the best way that I can teach her that she is enough in any capacity Uh, because even now right what's so funny my mom and my sister you know I you know I love them to death (laughs) but you know you can tell she's gonna be lighter than my son Caden she's she's more on the lighter side (laughs) they overly love and over that's all they talk about and I'm like dude she's a chocolate baby at the end of the day like I've even made a comment like come on man like yeah she's cafe con leche like what what's the difference like she's literally just a tad bit lighter like it's not that serious but for them it is like that's how deep-rooted those misconceptions are in terms of just skin color right um so I think that the best that I can do is just by by um showering her with the same compliments that I do with my son in terms of making sure that they love themselves and who they see in the mirror, right? Because yeah. that's, that's where it all starts from. It starts within the house, man. Yeah. Like if, if I listen to, to, to my parents in terms of bettering the race, I, 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 I don't know where I'd be at right now because <laughs> that's just so unrealistic. Like, I, I don't even know what that means at this point. Like I'm yeah. still stuck on like, you know. <laughs> The, how deeply embedded that, it, that is in us. And we're 33 years old, like, and you're yeah. still talking about, you know, bettering the race and, oh, she's going to be lighter. And, Seriously. you know, what type of hair is she going to have? Like, I want her to love every inch of herself because yeah. that way she'll be able to tackle anybody that comes at her, yeah. you know, incorrectly.
0: <laughs> and and that's why that's I also definitely feel so happen.
1: comfortable. Yeah, but I also feel comfortable. And I think like going back, right, living here in miami i think has also made it so much easier mm-hmm. um in that sense if we lived in maybe like another place atlanta is another great place that because yeah. we're, we're we're everywhere there you know what I mean? yeah literally everywhere i loved it <laughs> when i went versus you know these other states that aren't as progressive that's the scarier Texas. part right <laughs> yeah because you'll have your pop but you know what's funny though even though we, we, I say here, Miami, but it's literally just Miami. Like I can't go anywhere else. <laughs> Once I pass that West Palm beach line. Like that is it. That is it. So, you know, raising her here, raising my kids here gives me that, that I guess, peace of mind. Yeah. That we'll be okay. You yeah. know, I, I think that they may experience it here and there because remember, these things start in the household. So yeah, if I course. have my mom and my sister, you know, dropping those tidbits and those are, you know, comments yeah. without malice, yeah. what about in other households? Right. That maybe they are with malice, you yeah. know, that they really are these light skinned Cubans, Venezuelans that do think that they are better. You know, those people, those are the ones that you kind of have to be aware of. And you know, um, another thing, I want to make sure that my kids have thick skin because that's embedded in us. Our parents have been ranking on us since we were (laughs) little kids. I, I, oh my goodness. Oh, I think that's another thing that prepared us as well. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's nothing anybody can say to me that will hurt my feelings. Like, (laughs) Not really. so that's another thing that i want to make sure that i i like right now with my six-year-old we rank on his teeth because you know his teeth are falling out so he has, <laughs> he has all these gaps in between we talk about how big his head is that boy has
0: comebacks y'all he doesn't <laughs> talk about my pimples yes he does katie is does talk- so smart so smart and witty, like wow. Very
1: witty. <laughs> so I it, it makes me feel like, you know what? I, I think we're doing we're doing all right with you, kid. We're 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 on the <laughs> <all right. laughs> You know. So I think with those little things I think will help propel them to to feel like they're invincible because yeah. you know, if we don't do it in the household, it it's
0: yeah. It doesn't just does at home. But- Mm-hmm. You know, like um, the same going back to after after the George Floyd um, murder, like my nephews who are um, Honduran and Mexican, but yes, American, <laughs> they you know they saw footage of on YouTube mm, of the riots, okay. not the protesting, the oh, riots, okay, okay. and and they conflated it as it was all a it was all you know because of this, as in the riots were because he was murdered. And I had to explain to them, like, no, the protests were because he was murdered by a cop. The riots were started by people trying to make the protesters look bad, trying Mm -hmm. to make it seem as though, you know, we're running amok in America and, you know, white America and all that to create a further divide. And, Mm -hmm. And it, it's difficult to really explain that and break it down, you know, to to a ten year old and a nine year old, and just be like, yeah, nah, you know, like so. But ultimately, you know, I, I explained to them, you guys are are brown, even though, like, you know, Ethan, he's lighter skinned, and Junior yes. is the older one, he's a little bit darker. Um, but I said to them, you are both brown boys, just like your brothers. Brown boys are very different just like black boys brown boys and black boys are very different from white boys from white boys yes. so you will always have to work harder yes to make sure you are doing right to make sure that you are not being profiled targeted in any kind of way mm-hmm. it's still going to happen but you have to work harder to just be good like it, there's there I felt like there was no real other way to to say or like what other word to use but other than to be good right It'll like be good. because that's it because that is how I feel white America looks at black and brown boys good or bad there is no Correct.
1: there that. is no in between mm-hmm.
0: so you have to I said to them you have to work hard to be good and I mean luckily they are very good boys but you know they're growing up and and like yeah. in middle school now and like Ethan is still in elementary, but their elementary school is predominantly white. You know, mm-hmm. just like how you were mentioning about Caden and living in yes. the suburbs and everything. It's it's very it's it's very strange for me because I'm like remembering where we grew up and where we went to school and the experiences we had. And I feel that helped to also give the thick skin. That also helped to to create a wide world view versus this bubble you know, that I feel people have in places like Texas, in Central Florida, and all that, like, it's a bubble, and people don't understand or don't see outside of that. And it is just black and white to them. So I don't, I don't want them to see things as black and white. But I want them to understand that unfortunately, that is how other people see it. Because it's, it's just something to be aware of. So that you know, you know what you have to do. Um, and it's, it's, I feel like it's frustrating that, you know, that even has to be said, but it's the world we're living in. And, and like I said, I mean, I hope it does change one day. I don't know that it will like within the next, you know, 10 years or so, but um, it, it's a, it's a deep rooted issue, especially like even within our own community. And one thing that you said that I, I, I want to touch on, with your mom and your sister and what they say is not being said with malice so I think that's so very accurate like our parents our relatives and everything when they say some of these racist ass things like I've had to learn that it's not coming from a racist place per se it's also Mm -hmm. what they learned in the home it's correct what they grew up on, whatever traumas they may have or stuff they were told. So that's been a very interesting journey to understanding like, oh, so okay, yeah, he wasn't being racist. He's just assuming like something or or being prejudiced about this or about that or whatever, you know, has a bias or or whatnot. It's not that like he just it's not like he's afraid of black people. It's not like, you know she's afraid of of uh black people either it's there's a or, or that they feel like superior although yes we know you know the Cuban Venezuelans of the world that's something. <laughs> but but I know that like at least the relatives that I'm thinking of it's not that they think they're superior it's just they were unfortunately also taught to to look at things in that way and, and,
1: and, you know, and I don't want to only single out, you know, the Cubans, the, the Venezuelans, right. because I don't want people to listen to it. And, oh, you know, I'm biased towards that. Right. No, Dominicans on Dominicans, like my mom says, um, I forgot the, the name of another of a city within DR, that they're all white, light skin. They oh. don't identify as Dominican. They, they, they say they're from the place that they're from. I don't remember if it's a Tiwao. I don't remember. There, there, there's another. There's a city within DR, and that that's how deep it goes. Like within each other, right? You know, they have this this superiority. Like, oh no, you know, I'm lighter than you, so I am better than you. Like these are the just. This is this is how in in ingrown this this has been. You oh, know. Yeah.
0: So also it also happens like in Central America as well because I remember growing up and like you know hearing like oh Hondurans are better than Nicaraguans and all um, this and that like why you know like I never understood any of these things because the schools the schools I went to I had Honduran friends Nicaraguan friends Dominican friends Cuban friends everything. And it never, it never occurred to me like, oh, well, your people, this, or your people, like, that was not a thing for me. It but was would, not. Right. But I would hear stuff from relatives, from family or whatever. And I would just be like, that doesn't make sense. But unfortunately, pe- most people, you know, that like, are, are our peers or, or, or whatnot, like, we're older also don't think that way. And, and mm-hmm. mentalities are just basically warped to, to look at things in, in a negative a negative light. So it's been an interesting thing just kind of like realizing that some people aren't like actually just like malicious with the things that they're saying. Yeah, um, They're just ignorant. And, and some of them are even naive. So yeah, it, it's, it's definitely quite a quite a journey to, to get to that point because I used to just be like, god these people are so racist and then I was like oh okay well I was wrong and you know mm-hmm. trying to learn how how it is for other people as well it's been a an interesting journey getting to that but sure. that was that was the the primary thing that you know I just wanted to to have that discussion with you because I know that like you have a a, a perspective from a, a of, of our culture that I don't have Um, and, and it's always been like something that I have wondered, but never really like, you know, thought to ask or whatever, like how it could be for, you know, a Hispanic black girl versus just like a regular old, you know, light-skinned Hispanic girl, like I have Mm -hmm. been. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so it's, yeah, I think it's, it's been very helpful this evening learning all these things and hearing all of your answers so thank you very much for coming on the show you're welcome friend participating um I'm sure mommy duties might be calling so I don't know we're on, on the money because further. she
1: eat that pen so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been looking up to see
1: if the door opens um them looking for me so yeah
0: I, I figured really? I figured it was only a matter of time you know I, I was telling uh I was telling my boyfriend like um she works on mommy time so I might get a call I might not get a call but it's okay I understand (laughs) he just laughs he's like oh all right okay yeah (laughs) but thank you very much for coming on the show and for giving me your insight I truly appreciate it
1: (laughs) yeah I love I loved coming on it was very very nice to have an adult conversation something that I have not had for for the last three months so
0: <laughs> wait what you trying to say about anton
1: uh, all we talk about is hgtv change, <laughs> changing diapers <laughs> we're asleep by like 10 30 to wake up again at maybe one oh. to wake up again at five yeah so no we're not we're not having very intellectual
0: conversations right about that hey, I understand. And that was the end of my citizen-to-citizen conversation with Maudie. She definitely gave me a lot to think about, and I'm super grateful to have had her on the show. If you guys have any questions, suggestions, or comments specifically about this topic and this current episode, please be sure to reach me at thesimplepolitics13 at gmail.com or through my socials at thesimplepolitics, which is my handle for Instagram and at the simple poly my handle for twitter thank you guys have a great week